We are comfortably seated um, today at Forensic Psych Podcast, talking to our very, very first interviewee, which will be Paul Sellers, PT. What are, what are the, 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 the letters behind this man's name are half the alphabet. No, that's not true, but it's a, a PT is a psychiatric technician. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a senior psychiatric technician. Uh, which means most of my time here I've spent as a, a, a shift supervisor responsible for for um, an eight-hour period in a 24-hour facility. Um, I also uh, work for the Board of Vocational Nurses and Psychiatric Technicians. What, is, is, what does that do? That, that's the licensing board for um, licensed vocational nurse, nurses and psychiatric technicians for the state of California and the schools that that uh, that mint psychiatric technicians and, and licensed vocational nurses. I'm a governor uh, appointed board member. We oversee the uh, the discipline and the and the and the regulation licensing of those All right. entities. All right. And okay. And you've got a master's degree in I have, a, I have a, an MBA, a master's in business administration, okay. and I have a bachelor's degree in and technology management. That's right, because in conversations we'd had prior, you had mentioned your your the engineering that was involved. Correct. And uh, yeah, so, so that's okay. So I, I, when I when I hear that, I think, oh, this guy's left brain. But but you're not working in a left brain field. You ended up working in a field where where you had to be empathic and 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 interact with people in a, in a really intensely meaningful way. And so that's kind of interesting. It, it is. Um, I, I'll be the first to admit that the, the high school guidance counselor didn't discuss working in a, <laughs> in a maximum security forensic facility. Uh, that came about um, um, primarily uh, as many of us. I needed to work. Um, I, I was born and raised in Silicon Valley. It was kind of natural to go into into technology and, and engineering and um if you if you were reading the papers or in the in the later part of uh, uh, the early 2000 aughts, um, there was a downturn in manufacturing. I was a manufacturing engineer. A lot of uh, work was was moved um, offshore, other countries, um, and three separate occasions, my companies either offshored or or shut down. Oh boy! And and uh, we we I I had to continue to work. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us a lot of us were have have a lot of us know that story. Although it takes place in different locations and in different industries. Absolutely. Yeah, there was that that the Great Recession was real. It affected a lot of us. And um, and that's yeah that that's that's interesting. It's an interesting it's an interesting long term effect. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I knew I knew somebody who worked in this field and had known them for quite a number of years, and and uh, just a necessity. Today, I, at one point, I said, "What was that? What was that place you were talking about?" And and was introduced, reintroduced to the idea of of going back and getting this this nursing certificate is what it is. Yeah, and and, and that's that's interesting that it was a personal contact. Yeah. That, that that did it because they because they they were working in the field 
and they said, hey, this is this is a this is a good field. It's rewarding, and it's it's a profession. Take another look at it, and that's what it took from somebody that you trusted because you knew them. Absolutely. Is, is, that right? is that about right? That, that, is, that, is, that is that is right. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a not a field that a lot of people are aware of. Most, yeah. most people, yeah. like I said, I was joking, but most people just aren't introduced to this field. Well, when you made the you made the crack earlier about the guidance counselor, yeah. not mentioning it. That was I had to smirk inside because you're damn right they didn't mention it. It's 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 just it's not something that's out there. Yeah, no, it's not well known. It's um yeah I I had never heard of this field uh, prior to uh, I, I knew vaguely because of my friend but I had no idea even even then I didn't know what it was what it entailed uh, what 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 it what it meant to be a psychiatric technician and until I came and then I actually met a few of them and made the decision to, to, to go ahead and pursue this. It seemed like it was a reasonable job, paid a reasonable salary, and, and, and sounded like it might be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Okay, well, more on that later. That's Okay, so I had a few, I had a few prepared questions, and I think we just blown through the first four of them. Ha, ha, ha. But the, 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 you, you described some of your disciplines, and, and, and so, obviously, from your CV and from the work experience you've described, you're you're a smart guy. You you've got options. You could have done other things. Um, you you explained what kind of what you did before this. Um, you you kind of shared too candidly why you chose the field. And um, and so what what about it? My my I guess my real question is, what about the field? keeps you in it what about the field appeals to your personal values i i, I think I'll, I'll be honest I, I i had never considered anything in the nursing field uh-huh. i i just couldn't imagine being a nurse i'm i don't want a shot i don't want to give a shot <laughs> I'm, I'm not real real pleased with things that bleed yeah and and so it had never crossed my mind um, the, a, a portion of the training is, is medical training along with the psychiatric and social training, but it was medical. And I found actually a, a early on there was a, 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 a similarity uh, to the human body and engineering. I, I, when, I, when I viewed the, the human as a machine at a certain level, it became interesting. It became really kind of fascinating, uh, the, the mechanisms that, uh, uh, that, that, that are in, in, in practice and are, are amazing, and, okay. and, and that's one of the things I think about working with human beings that keeps it interesting. It's, it is, I, I would describe this as one of the most fascinating uh, jobs I've ever had, and, and, I've, and, I, and I think I've worked in a, in a few fields where, where things are pretty fascinating, but this one always always keeps my attention. I, I, I agree, I agree. Um, I'll, I'll, I have a similar experience. Um, I I got into I got into nursing started thinking about nursing 2010 um, a, a, again as as a result of the Great Recession um, because of the Bureau of Labor Statistics because because that's what, I, I I went to their website and looked on their graphs and and that's where things were trending and so I thought okay I better get on get in on the ground floor of this it's been the best move I, I could have possibly made and so I'm I'm with you on that I see I I I, I see how that telegraphs out. 100%. And um, I'm, so, I'm sorry to say, mental illness is a growing, a growing field. Well, <laughs> growing opportunity. That's, that's so sad. 
Yeah, um, I, I don't. There's, there's a lot to unpack with that statement because we've got, we've got, we've got, we've got a lot of new elements um, that we that we've got a lot. We've got to, de- to deal with a lot of new elements that that um, generations in, in the past haven't had to deal with. Um, fam- families are functioning differently than they used to. Um, so, so we can talk more about that later. But, 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 okay. So you mentioned. That the work is interesting keeps keeps your attention kind of. It, so you value from that statement. It sounds like you value being challenged a little bit. Absolutely, it, it is. It's fascinating. Um, um, I, I had no idea. Uh, I, I had never experienced or was aware of schizophrenia okay. uh, and psychosis around me. Um, now, now that I'm in the field, I do see it. I see it among among uh, homeless populations, um, but I had no idea what that entailed. And and today, it always still kind of amazes me. I think one of the things about um, psychosis is that it presents so differently in every person. It's it's as absolutely unique as each individual. So every time you see it, it's almost like you're seeing it for the first time in a lot of aspects. So. Doesn't never never stop surprising me what I'm what I'm exposed to. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got to, and we well, and we both know we've got to stay on our toes with that. Absolutely. Because because that can present in in a number of different ways, and and some of them have you know some of them require um, a more more they demand more attention um, uh, because the consequences are are, are are you know are right there on you. And, 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 I, and I think it's important to point out. What you're talking about specifically in this podcast is forensic um, uh, psychiatric care. Is that and for those that aren't aware, forensic is those that are entwined in the in the crim in the in the criminal uh, uh, in the court system. So all of our all of our patients are are um, all of our patients are either accused of or convicted of violent felonies. So this is different than the community. And I don't, I don't want that to be mistaken. There are lots of people in the community that deal with mental illness, and that is not forensic um, psychology, psychiatry, psychology, forensics as we know it. Yeah. Where we work, that's a different, that's a different standard, and I don't ever want to make that. This is a, this is the big leagues. This is the worst, some of the sickest of uh, 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 men in the, in the, in the, in the, probably in the world. Sure. Certainly in the state, definitely in the country. Thank, and thank you for 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 drawing that distinction because that's an important one to, to 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 bring up and to talk about. Um, that yeah yeah the the um, the, uh, the the things that present in the community are a different stamp of of uh, their, though though mental illnesses are the same um, they present in individuals differently as you pointed out before and um, when an individual out in the community crosses over into a violent um, uh, offense and, and, and gets involved in the court systems, they end up in the in the uh, in the forensic um, in the uh, the forensic psychiatric what do we what do we want to call this field? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's important and, and, and it's one of the distinctions. Um, in, in the community, if you have mental illness, you are treated in the community. Whether you're treated at, at home through your, your primary care physician or a psychologist and psychiatrist, or whether it's more acute and you find and you know, you're treated in some type of a of a of a living uh, um, a, a, a shared housing 
um, it's nonetheless it, it's treated in, in the home in the community. Um, then there are people that are criminal by nature and their thinking is criminal. And those folks, they go to prisons, they go to county jail. They're 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 criminals and they're treated through the, the criminal system. Um, ours is a hybrid. Ours are those that are are not only severely mentally ill, psychotic, and the like, but are also criminal have criminologic uh, thinking. They're they're criminal in their in their in their behaviors. And when you put those two together, you end up in a in a in a forensic psychiatric care facility. And it's a very unique it's a very unique uh, environment. That's thank you. That that yeah. I I don't think anybody could. Could could suss that out uh, better than you've just done in that in that 30 second explanation. That, yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, that now that we now that you have painted a picture for the listeners of the podcast about about the the um, patients that get dealt with in, in the forensic psychiatric setting, um, they can appreciate more when somebody says, "I am interested in that challenge," because sure. because that is a different challenge. And it's presented to somebody who's working in the community with psychiatric patients, and and, and, and so you you made you made a distinction there. Do you want to flesh out what that distinction looks like for listeners that may not be super familiar with it? I, is that is that? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think something. Um, what what we do that is I think unique is um, again in the community by community standards. Uh, uh, and and don't don't get me wrong. I'm not a therapist. I'm a I'm a, I'm a don't play one on TV. I don't play one on TV. <laughs> I'm a where we're licensed nurses. Effectively, we're yeah. we're technicians, psychiatric technicians. Uh, uh, but in the community, when people intervene, uh, um, there's a, they're 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 dealing with with people that aren't particularly dangerous. They don't have ulterior motives that that don't present a, a, a security risk. And so therapy looks very different in the community. There's a lot of uh, self-disclosure. There's a lot of uh, a more bonding, or, or uh, the relationship is is, is different. There, there are there are limits, of course, on relationships, but they're not. However, in our facilities and in our settings, we are also responsible for custody and safety. Yeah. So we have to kind of walk this fine line between providing. Um, useful interventions and 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 therapeutic um, that's with true. security and 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 safety. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I think as you pointed out, um, the the patients that, that that we see in forensic psych in, in, in forensic psych, psychiatric care, um, we're worried about antisocial behavior. As well as whatever things are are, are um, responsible for their the, the the symptoms that they happen to be experiencing, their individualized symptoms. Okay. Sure, we we have to we have to keep them safe. We have to keep our our, our coworkers safe, and in the in amongst all of that, we have to provide meaningful intervention and, and, treatment. and treatment. Yeah, yeah. And now that now that we've added all those details. To the 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 paint the picture that you painted before, you can really appreciate it. if you're listening to this and you don't have any context about forensic psychiatric care, um, you can really appreciate start to appreciate how challenging that could be dealing with populations that that have all those component parts 
that Paul just described. All those component parts live there. You've got to deal with all of that. And um, and then when you have and then when you have uh, uh, patients that are that are in a in a um, living in a setting that is um, a security setting, um, there's some confinement issues that exacerbates all of those component parts. Yeah, yeah, it's a very unique. It's it's like nothing. Um, if, if you if you've never been inside of or experienced this environment, it, it's almost unimaginable. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. Fair statement. So, uh, presumably, a lot of the listeners of the podcast will have firsthand experience in the, the forensic psychiatric setting. They will know what we're talking about. They'll have, they will have images in their heads of hallways that they walk down every day when they go to work to deal with challenging patients. Um, I wonder what, what universal values all those people share. Or you, I mean, and I'm not. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you or me. I'm talking about, you know, all the all of the of the um, all of the nursing staff that work in forensic psychiatric settings in the state of California. And there's a lot of us. Um, and then, of course, other states too. Uh, but but what are some of the core? What are some what's some some of the values that that are universal to all those people? It, clearly, everybody likes a challenge. Um, clearly, um, we found sort of uh, we found a field that not a lot of people find, and so to, to be in proximity to that um, means that at some point you were in a you, your circumstances were were unusual, unusual maybe. Uh, that's not something you find, you find on LinkedIn um, or. I, I think, and in, in, in some ways, this is um, um, a lot of the. the Folks that work there, like myself, have known somebody else or have family members that have been in that field, so so they're exposed to it, um, where where people just might not even realize that this field is out there. I think uh, universal values. I think I think I think you have to. You're you're a caregiver, uh, even under these these um, unusual circumstances. At the core of it, we we are nursing staff. We're we're caregivers. You have to you have to care about human beings um, at, at your core level to, to sometimes tolerate uh, what, what you do. I think that's a, that's a, a universal value that most of us share. Um, that's, that's, that, that, that you lit on something very important, and I am, I am, I am going to be honest, I am ashamed that that wasn't the first thing that popped into my head when we started that conversation was you have to, you have to, you have to be willing to care for other human beings. And, and it is, it is, particularly um, important when you are dealing with other human being, beings who have, uh, you know, let's be honest, have committed some, some offense to society. And, 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 I, and I think I, I, the, other, the other half of that statement is the, the person that introduced me, it was actually a couple, a, a man and a woman, and I won't even tell you which one is which. One of them was a psychiatric technician, and the other one was a, a corrections officer. Okay. And and I have respect for corrections officer, but the mission of prisons and corrections is custody. It's kind of custody and punishment, frankly. And I could have been a custody officer, a corrections officer, um, but I think there's a distinct difference where we're not, we don't. I don't want to be a corrections officer. I would actually, I prefer the, the, the intervention, the, the helping 
portion of this. Frankly, I think it pays a little more to be a corrections <laughs> officer. <laughs> but but there's a distinct difference, and I think people need to understand that. If you come and you see a facility like this, you'll see laser light wire around it. You'll see uh, 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 police officers um, patrolling it. Um, you will see a, a lot of badged officials yeah. in the vicinity, but we are not on the inside. It's clear we're not a prison. We are a mental health facility. And that's not who interacts typically with the patients. Absolutely. That's, it's, it's, it's those of us that wear scrubs to work or wear, in, in, in this case, the, uh, podcast listeners, you can't, you can't see this, but let me try and paint a, a visual image of Paul's shirt for you. It is a, a, a very, very nice, um, silk looking, um, uh, Magnum PI, uh, inspired Hawaiian shirt. With uh, with big flowers and is it parrots or uh, parrots on it? Yeah. It's very cool. Um, it's it is it is a sight to behold. It is it is a sight to behold. And when it's on Paul, all six foot four of them, you know, you 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 you, you notice it. You notice it, listeners. You notice it. I, I, I get a, I get a kick out of seeing people smile, and that includes the patients. Yeah, it's fun when the patients uh, get a kick out of you know a little. What, what I consider to be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know, uh, we we can talk about a therapeutic alliance um, a little bit later. We can talk about making connections with uh, patients that we care for a little bit later. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the, the interacting with patients on a meaningful level um, without that, um, are, we we don't exist. Uh, yeah, it's a you talk about core values. I think that's one of the things is it's it sometimes is challenging for some staff to to look past the the criminal histories that some of the patients have, yeah. and to and to be able to treat them um, with dignity and respect, which is the core of a human human connection, and you have to have that. Um, you know, it, it, you, not to say you make that connection with all your patients, but but you got to start there, and and it, it's challenging for some people. I don't. I, I think some people never overcome that. It is a. It is. It is part of our licensing. Um, uh, it is part of our of our licensing uh, values. Uh, uh, sorry, not that's not the term. The um, What's the term I'm, I'm forgetting? Yeah, we, we, we have to be unbiased. We have to treat everybody fairly. Yeah, it's our code of ethics. It's part of our licensing code of ethics. And, 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 and so we have to do that because it's required of our, by our licensure. But to be really good at this field, you, you've got you've to do even more. Yeah, it comes more easily, I think, to some people than others. Not, not that people don't overcome it. You do learn to compartmentalize some of your feelings at times. Yeah, um, you do. You do deal with some very nasty um, characters yeah. at times, and and we do have, you know, m- m- murderers and, uh, and, uh, well, and rapists, just, and, and there's a whole variety of. You know, yeah, we, we, everybody that gets processed through the courts, we could potentially see here. Anybody, absolutely. so it's not it's not specific to any, any, anyone that go, that gets processed through the the courts. Everybody could be could be could be seen here. You brought up something interesting. I think it's a rabbit hole that's worth going down right now since we're on the topic. You brought up the, the, the challenging patients, um, and it seems like we're going to start talking about stressors now. We all have stressors here at, at, in a forensic psych field. We all have stressors. For the, the folks listening to the podcast, 
who know exactly what some of those stressors are. How, what could we say right now that it would be beneficial to them? And I, I mean, any, anything's open. Uh, so our own coping skills for us, um, coping skills when you're dealing with the patient, um, um, how, how, to, how to do mental, mental regulation, self-assess. Um, some people talk about assessing your, your own view before you come into work and after you leave work and just seeing where you're at in your own headspace. Does any of that stuff resonate with you? Do you do any of that stuff? I, I, I think one of the things, and I, and I, I instruct now. I'm an instructor, a psychiatric technician instructor, so I'm, I'm, I'm instructing uh, current and, and new employees, and I think one of the things that I, I, I stress as being very important there's a, there's a dangerous cycle that can happen to a worker in an environment like this, and that is since it is such a, a, a unique and sometimes challenging environment to, to describe and for others to relate to, we have a tendency to um, not, somebody asks you, how was your day? That's a, that's a difficult question to answer yeah, because a there's, there's a lot to unpack in that. There's a lot of context that's not easily explained. To, to just simply answer what for most people would be a, a short and simple question becomes more and more challenging. And as a result, uh, staff can tend to not to lose connection with their outside support systems, whether it's, it's their churches or whether it's uh, sporting organizations or, 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 or local community uh, groups, what, whatever the support systems, even, even hobbies and the like. Um, people tend to drift away from those folks and those supports and, and, uh, and spend more time and or seek support among those that understand their environment. This is not uncommon. Police officers are known to do this. Yeah, um, right. And there's a danger in that, in that if we rely entirely on our coworkers for our support, and there becomes any rifts or you end up in, 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 a, in a location in the hospital where you just don't have any friends that you're working with, you, you, you have a danger of becoming isolated. And, and, and that's a very dangerous place, not only mentally, but, but physically in our environment. So I think if, if anything is an encouragement to anybody that works in this field, you have to actively, intentionally maintain those outside social supports. You have to you have to be aware of the fact that those are valuable, um, not only uh, you know to your to, to, to your well being, but but to your safety too. Yeah, well, we've talked. You and I have talked about this before. Um, if you work inside a forensic psychiatric facility and you rely on your colleagues for a hundred percent of your emotional support, and then for whatever reason. Um, they go to a different area to work. You go to a different area to work. There's, there's people have disagreements in life. If, if that support goes away and you are, you are isolated here where you work and outside in the community, you are particularly fragile, just particularly fragile, You're particularly fa- fragile. And you are potentially at, at risk to be um, um, manipulated. And, and taken advantage of in your work setting, which which can lead to a, to a, to a security risk for for yourself and for your coworkers. Um, if you ever begin to rely on the patients for validation, the patients ever begin to appear like uh, 
they're treating you and you're not treating them, it's a very, very dangerous place to be. Yeah. And 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 uh, and again, I, I I don't even want to think about some of the dark sides of of where that goes, but it's just particularly important. For, and and it goes back to just you know you want to have a balanced life no matter what you do, but 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 in this environment, it is especially important because it can be it can be um, daunting or, or stressful. I, I was going to say in this in this in, this, in the forensic psychiatric environment, the repercussions are are more more immediate and and more dire yeah. than any, potentially anywhere else. Yeah, and and we do deal with and an, this kind of a double whammy we have inside of an environment like this. Being caregivers, um, um, we what do they call? I'm sorry, the fatigue. Uh, oh, uh, um, the, the, the caregivers experience. Yeah, compassion fatigue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one. Sorry. Yeah, we we have the double whammy of compassion fatigue, which is where any caregiver, any nursing staff, any person that's in that kind of a field, your batteries run dry. You just don't have any more 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 to give, and and you and you end up uh, kind of not being able to be there for your patients, or being there for your significant others or your families, and and that's one danger. Then we have something we have vicarious trauma, which is when you deal with people who have experienced trauma. And you and you work with them. And and, and just to be clear, I, I I think it's fair to say and disagree with me if you want to, but I think everybody that ends up in a forensic psych facility has experienced some level of substantial trauma in their life. Yeah, and some of the patients too. <laughs> he said it. He said it, <laughs> listeners. He said it. You no. damn right. He said it. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely. All, all, I, I would I would I would imagine that uh, the vast majority of our patients have. I know it firsthand because they tell us about these things, yeah. and a lot of the and a lot of their our interactions with them. So, and if you and if you work in this field and you didn't have some before you got into this field, you will experience one form or another of that before you retire. Yeah, you 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 do you do you are involved. I am a big advocate. I don't mean to heavily sigh, but it's always been. I've always thought that the. People that work in our environment are un, un, unsung heroes. Yeah, the work we do is very challenging. We work with some of the most um, de- desperately uh, um, mentally ill, needy folks, men in the in the country, in the state certainly, and and it can be it can be dangerous. And we and we go in every day, and we and we do the work. We care for the loved ones of, of a lot of people who who do have severely mentally and criminally uh, challenged people in your life, you know what we're talking about. It can be stressful. It can be dangerous. Um, it, it, I think it's as, I, I call me wrong if you feel like it, but it's as dangerous as running into a fire. Yeah, and, and sure. I, think, I agree. I think that there needs to be more understanding of what we do, yeah. like police officers and firefighters and, and first responders. And, yeah, any other first responder that's recognized as such. Yep. Yep, I think. Yeah, thank you for thank you for making that point, Paul. That's good. Yeah, and, and you know, I think if you mind, I hadn't, I hadn't, I, I, I felt this for a long time, but I think it's worth worth noting. Uh, firefighters and police officers and soldiers and a lot of people work in environments that are that are dangerous and challenging, and they do so willingly, and 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 they enjoy their work, and they yeah. find, and and it's very similar here. There is danger involved. There is. There is um, a lot of stress involved with this. Challenges. Challenges. Some people are up for challenges. Yeah. So, so you, some people might say, "Oh, that's a dangerous job. I wouldn't want to do that." But well, you can say the same thing about 
about other folks that do dangerous and challenging things for a living too. Absolutely, very yeah, fair, very fair thing to say. Hey, let's switch gears for a second. Let's switch gears for a second. Um, uh, let's see here. What's what's the state of forensic psychiatric care um, today? What do you? Okay, so let me let me rephrase that. What what do you see as the ecosystem um, where where psychiatric care lives as it, as as you see it at this moment in nineteen? Or, I'm sorry, in twenty nineteen. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Well, not not ten years ago, because there were different there were different things being ent- implemented ten years ago, which was which is as we know typically is based on d- data and research. That was formulated ten years prior before prior to that, um, and 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 not necessarily where we see it ten years from now, because I know you're involved in some of the the data collection for, for and, and some of the research um, for for, uh, for for trends that we observe now, and 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 as a field, we'll probably be addressing in the future. So so where do you see it today? Um, I, I, well, I, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. I think I think that there are some things right now, uh, some some conversions maybe. Okay. And again, uh, no, I, I think I think that I think that um, I'm always hopeful that people will, will 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 finally begin that actual conversation about mental illness that we have been saying we want to have for for decades. Yeah. Um, there is, and I'm not sure why that is such a um, a bugaboo for people. Can I respond to that? Because sure. I have, I haven't, I haven't. Uh, it's the shame that's associated with it. If you're, if historically, if your mind is not intact, you society did not trust you, did not did not value you. It's shame. It, it, you're, you're right, but I think also, I guess, in the way I was posing it too, is there's a fear. I think on the form of the public. You know, it's almost that uh, that medical uh, school uh, syndrome where when you go to medical school, suddenly you have everything that you hear about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think there's a fear that people don't want to know too much about mental illness because deep inside they're afraid they may be unbalanced and and there may be issues with them. And it's almost a it's a very uncomfortable conversation to have about what really are we talking about when we're talking about major mental illness. Yeah. So now, you know, unfortunately, and, and you don't have to look far to see uh, uh, what what perhaps are the effects of major mental illness in our society, and and and, and sadly the circumstances. I I'm, I'm I'm you know it's sad, but I hope I'm always hopeful that this will maybe maybe can we now start to talk about it? Can we now start to? So I'm hoping one that there's going to be a larger conversation that there's going to be an emphasis placed on mental illness and what we are providing. We have a woeful. Hopefully, um, inadequate community uh, services for, for 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 most of the patients that we treat when they are released. Yeah, there's very little uh, to, for them to turn to. Go to go to County Mental Health. Get yourself down to County Mental Health. Uh, navigate the bus lines and uh, get you get your take your get. Oh, first, wait. First, you've got to go down to uh, to social services and get your uh, and get your bus pass. Fill out all that stuff. You get your bus pass and then na- and then navigate the bus lines and get yourself down to County Mental Health. And then um, it, you'll get an appointment to see yeah, somebody. I, and, 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 I, and I take two medications on a daily basis. I can't keep track of those sometimes. It, 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 some yeah. of our patients are on, on a half a dozen or more. 
psychiatric and medical uh, uh, medications, and, and it, it's very challenging. They need assistance. They need uh, they need more community support. That's number one. Well, for, uh, fortunately, I don't I don't have I haven't had that experience. Um, I just I just take boner pills. I, <laughs> The look right. on this man's face, people, the look on this man's face. I didn't know he took them before the interview. <laughs> that was a joke. Kidding. That's a joke. Joke, joke, joke. So, so, so that's one thing. I think I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm, I'm continuous optimistic that we're going to actually um, have some some real community and, and, and government support, more government support okay. in, in our missions. Um, I, I'm always amazed by the by the treatments that are coming forward not only the medications we we're, we're, we're often finding out there's new medications new antipsychotic medications that weren't available treatments that, that, that in the past weren't available for our patients oh, man you know what you bring up I was just talking to somebody the other day and they were they were sharing and I haven't done any research on this um, there is um, they're talking about using CRISPR the 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 the, the it, you know, you're familiar with CRISPR. It's essentially that they've they've uh, they've taken a virus and turned it into a tool, so you can go out and clip uh, parts of your parts of your RNA. Okay, and and so they're they're talking about taking people that have significant trauma history, ACE, high ACE scores, essentially. We'll talk more about that later. Um, and using CRISPR to um, to go to change at a at a um, at a genetic level, the things that will continue to pre, continue to or predispose them, or continue to predispose them, I should say, um, to uh, to PTSD and and things of that nature. Yeah, just, just wild. I, I just heard somebody was just telling me about that. What? That's crazy. That's science fiction. Yeah, just in you know, certainly within the last several decades, just even unlocking the DNA chains and and, and even beginning to understand those structures. We haven't even began to unearth what what kind of yeah. interventions and, and and medications and treatments that might provide. Yeah, because it was just the Dr. Federer that map finished mapping the the. Uh, yeah, that was what twenty or twenty five years, years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're there's all sorts. I, I think it's in in that respect, you know. Vetter, I said Federer, not the tennis player. Vetter, Vetter. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's just. We we live in an amazing time, and and actually, if you you didn't ask the question, but I think that's one of the things that echoes in this in this field from my previous um, experience is the technology, the technology that 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 I saw that that kept me excited. I find it here in this field too. The um, I could I could listen endlessly to to um, engineers and designers talking. And I can do the same thing now with psychologists and psychiatrists when the opportunity to talk to them. There's there's so much optimism. Okay, on so the forefront. So let's talk. Let's let's ask you a question about that. You you mentioned you've mentioned things that 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 we can we can expect to see um, or potentially see on the horizon. Hope to see. Hope to see. Hope to see. Let's talk about something that we're seeing right now, and that's the um, the uh, st- studies uh, into adverse childhood experiences being brought to the fore. And being implemented, um, I'm, I'm thinking right now of, of our, our state, um, the, our state uh, surgeon general, and the uh, TED talk that she gave. Um, so, so I, I don't know. Let's talk about that for a minute. Sure, sure. You're referring to the, the, the concept of trauma-informed care. And again, I'm not an expert on this. I'm 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 
newly baptized in this also. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, but it, it too, it's a, it's a, it's a giant ball of yarn that we're just starting to unravel. We're starting to recognize that um, even as, as seemingly obvious as it is that our childhood experiences lead to our adult personalities, and um, we're starting to discover really that it's more than just experiences or physiological uh, changes that take place. There's, and again, it's a, it's a real ball of yarn. There's a lot to do with uh, genetics and, and, and DNA that yeah. may be changing. We're, we're beginning to perhaps understand that some of the psychosis we see may, may be a direct result of, of some of the um, uh, particularly traumatic experiences. Okay. If I if I could, I would I would I would. This is just something I I, 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 I when when people ask about mental illness and whether it's something that uh, that's um what are they what are they, what is the term um um a big pain, what is, what I, mental illness and oh, mental illness whether, in the whether, where, of, whether it's um um environmental or oh, nature versus nurture nature versus thank you thank you whether it's nature versus nurture and and early on when I was in school somebody. That question was asked, and the best answer that I've ever heard, and, and again, not an expert in this, but it just makes a lot of sense to me, is the idea that we are we are born predisposed to certain things. And the example they gave was somebody that had osteoporosis; they have weak bones. And if I'm born with osteoporosis, I'm, I'm I have that predisposition to have my bones broken. And if you, Sam, don't have osteoporosis, you have stronger bones than I do. It uh, doesn't mean either one of us are particularly going to have broken bones as an adult. However, both of us were in the field uh, milking cows, and we both got kicked by a cow. Me, with my osteoporosis, would be more likely to have a, bro- a bone break under those circumstances. You, with your strong bones, unlikely to have or less likely to have a bone gotcha. broken. Gotcha. And I and I see that I see mental illness, and, and, and especially some of the major mental illnesses in that light. You may be born predisposed to certain mental illnesses, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be triggered, that the DNA is not going to, that you're not going to, that, that you're going to particularly have that. However, given a stressor, much like the cow kicking you in the field, stressors of the environment, whether it be a difficult childhood or traumatic events, yeah. or you name the things that people are going through, um, under that stress, people then um, have mental breakdowns. They have um, um, these, these mental illnesses. They get symptomatic. Boom. The symptoms happen. Yeah, and anecdotally, haven't we always heard, not always heard, but haven't we heard periodically that a, a lot of folks um, experience their first audio hallucinations, for example, um, um, after after they go through puberty in their teens, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, when, when, the, when life is really changing for them. Absolutely. And, and so I think there's a component of it, so I think that there is um, a lot to be unraveled about the causes, and, and of course, the more we understand what's causing it, the more likely we're going to have insights into treatments. Yeah. And and and, and I'll, if I say one last thing, one last little diatribe on that is is it, it it the other side of this being a very fascinating field is it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It is it is one of the saddest things that you've ever seen uh, to see a, a young man that has his future ahead of him, who's who's going to get married, who's heading up to the military, who's heading up to school to have a psychiatric a psychotic break and, and knowing that this is a lifelong disease that, it, that, is, that is unlikely that they're going to live that full life 
is is heartbreaking. It is it is just a, a terrible terrible disease in, 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 in these forms of psychosis. So I, I I I'm I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping that we find better treatments going forward that people don't have to yeah. live. And we have found tremendous. Hundred years ago, frankly, you would have been the 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 stories you heard about being people being chained in the in the basement or the closet or the or the attic because there were no treatments. There was nothing that could be done for them. We we live in a we don't live in those dark ages. There are, there are a lot of uh, antipsychotic medications. There's a lot of treatments that can, that, that are profound in their in their effects. So yeah. I'm optimistic. Even. Well, we both we both worked in the field for some years. We've both seen it. Mm-hmm. Pe- uh, people will, uh, that that um, arrive um, in a fr- in a, sci- a forensic psychiatric facility, totally unmedicated, floridly psychotic, floridly psychotic, and then um, and then they they get some meds on board. And it's a total change. It's a complete 100% uh, change. And so it's just, it's really, I wanted, to, I wanted to say two things. One, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't heard um, the uh, California uh, Surgeon General's um, TED Talk, um, check out that t- TED Talk. That is really valuable. It's 15 minutes. That's all it takes. It's really val- valuable information. It'll give you some good, some good um, um, uh, uh, background on um on adverse childhood experiences, scores, and what they mean for for people as they develop into adults. And then the other thing I wanted to mention was a book called The, um, the, the Orchid and the Dandelion. Um, and it's basically um, a physician wrote a book about his experience growing up with a sister who developed mental illness. Um, she um, was, uh, well, you just have to read the book, but the, the um, a, a short synopsis is, some people can thrive in any environment. Some people are, and those are those are dandelions. And some people um, thrive in really specific environments. And they have to. We have to take care um, uh, with the, with environments for people that are that they like to orchids um, because um, because it's it's they're more sensitive. More sensitive people have the advantage of being able to 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 do more. Um, believe it or not. But they, they, we, we, as a society, we, we really have to take care with how we treat those people. Anyway, that's it. That's it. The, the orchid and the dandelion. Let's move on. Sorry. I, 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 I will rip on that in a little bit. I, okay. I have thought. I have thought, and it's, I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but uh, I, I often have thought that some of the most fragile things that we experience are the most valuable things that we have. That's a, that was a nice way to put that. That's absolutely a nice way to put that. Now. Okay. Let's see. Um, so where is the care that we provide for our patients in, in the state of things today? This is a follow-up question, essentially. In the state of psychiatric care today, um, where, where is, what, is the care that we provide for our patients strongest? Uh, where, where, so within our environment, where is our care strongest? Um, I think our, our care is... Well, that's a challenging question. That's a, I, that's a, that's oh, a challenging well, Maybe I can get it started. Our, in the forensic psychiatric setting, our care is strongest, not, not in like uh, development of new meds, because that's not, uh, we don't see that coming. We, we're not getting bombarded with new meds to try and treat patients with. And we're not, we're not getting bombarded with new, with new, um, with new forms of treatment, like uh, you and I were talking earlier about intracranial 
magnetic stimulation. They're not coming forward saying, let's treat forensics like patients with this, okay? That, that, so that's not there. But what we are seeing every year is this fine tuning of, of the, the, what I'd like to think of as the nuts and bolts interaction with, with patients. So we have, we have interventions that we use on patients that are more specific, more targeted, and, and, and according to what, what data is available, um, uh, more effective than whatever was being used as an intervention perhaps 20 years ago. Yeah, okay, I, I, that, that gives me a good, good place. Um, so this is, and, and this plays right into, I think, the field of what, what I'm doing in the psychiatric technology, techery, um, <laughs> is, yeah. is I think that that's, so I, I often have described psych, psychiatric technicians as paramedical. Uh, oh, I like that. That's good, yeah. We, we so the just, Kind of functionally inside of the hospitals, um, 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 the the professionals, if you will, medical medically trained and and therapists um, um, of, of a whole variety, psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, social workers, uh, rehab rehabilitation therapists, work with the patients. They do short interventions. They'll work with them an hour at a time in a in a group setting, and then. It's our responsibility to implement those those that that intervention for the rest of the other 23 hours out of the day, and as a result of that, um, this this field has evolved from what was probably at one point the the, the guy in the white suit. To, yeah. To, it was really a, not not well probably probably not well educated probably more an orderly, I think was what they were referred to as. To a, a, a really a more educated physician, it really requires, as, as does most things in our advancing technological uh, world, there, there requires, requires a, a, a more highly trained individual to provide those services. So I see, I see the education. I think that's probably what you said is right. We're, we're learning better how to implement the things that we have discovered along the way. And, and we're perfecting that ability to do that, and 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 and, 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 and in doing that, we're we're creating a workforce yeah. um, uh, of educated paramedical practitioners to to do that. So that's a positive. I I, I think this is a um, I joked earlier, but it is a growing field. Yeah. There is more need for for for, for caregivers in this in the in the psychiatric uh, uh, realm. Right. Okay. That's okay. The good point, man. Really, really good points. There's a couple questions I really want to get to, so I'm going to ask those now. Um, can you think of Can you think of an example of, of something you worked with in the in the past as a patient that really inspired you? Okay, one example, not not too specific, but 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 some of the things about the person, what they had to overcome, that it was inspiring. Uh, I, I can think of a, an individual patient in my mind, but this is a two-edged sword, so I'll tell you the, the inspiring part, and I'll give you the other edge of it. And I, I do remember one particular patient, just his enthusiasm. He, he really he understood his challenges. He, he was able to really kind of grasp it. He was, he was extremely enthusiastic. He would, he would work hard on the, on the assignments. He would... Um, he, he worked very hard on, on trying to, you know, develop other coping mechanisms when he was frustrated. 
Um, I think he had a substance abuse problem. He took very seriously. Okay. He participated in the in, in the programs. He was with us for um, I, I can't remember maybe a year or, or or more or less. And eventually, we were happy to see him, you know, go. I was I was it was a, it was a great accomplishment in my mind. We had done well by that. Okay, the interventions worked. Uh, the pro he the, he was engaged in the program and and he made progress. And yeah. he got. Okay. And then, and then, uh, sadly, a few years later, he returned. Okay. And so, you know, that's the other side of this is, is we do our best to help them to, and you know, live the best life that is possible for them. We have to kind of temper our, our expectations in some cases. Some some guys get go go on, and, and but but in a lot of cases, we're we're giving them skills to to live the best life that they can given the the. the very extreme challenges that they're, they're presented with. So it's, it's both. I, 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 I'm inspired okay. by a lot of patients. Okay. That, yeah, okay. That's yeah. No, that's really good. I, 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 when I was writing that question, I, I thought of a couple in particular, and 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 some of the things that that I the progress that you, that that I, I remember seeing with these guys was what was just you know that was that was that was um it it was what's the term that the it was heartening. It was heartening to see the progress that these guys made. Okay, um, and so I don't, and I, um, and, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, I may only remember this man because he came back. I, it may escape me. I've, I've dealt with thousands of men, so so potentially there are thousands of of, of positive success stories. Success stories. Success stories. This, the follow-up part of that question is: in your, Has there been a a patient? Um, that you can remember that scared you. I, I yeah, I, I, I saw that question, and frankly, yes, there, there have been many patients that have scared me. Yeah, me too. And yeah. I, if, if you're listening to this program, this this podcast, and and you work in in forensic psychiatric field, I, you have all had this experience. Um, I, I will tell you, since we're we're, we're chatting amongst friends, um, I have never had a night terror. Until I came to work in this field. Oh boy! And and I um I will have them maybe once a year. I will have a nightmare. Okay. A, a, a very and and I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not gonna uh, say for certain that it's a result of of uh, working in this field. But I I have had I have had uh, nightmares about patients that I'm working with. Okay. Um, and so they can get under your skin. Um, so just something about that that those those particular cases. Were, you were you were affected by there's, there's a number the, the the thing that probably gets you the most is is many of them are young and strong and unpredictable yeah and have histories of violence and when you are around people uh, on a long term basis that are unpredictable you learn to, to to work with that you learn to moderate your own fears and 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 strive and again I mentioned earlier much like uh, you would find with police officers and soldiers and Firefighters that are dangerous and inherent in their work, they're dangerous and inherent in our work, and and uh, he learned to work with that. But yes, yeah, certainly there have been patients that have said, of all those things you learned to, to self-regulate and work with, you also learned to watch your six and use the dome mirrors. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Uh, how about? Can you think of a? Um, can you think of a colleague that inspired you? Ah, you know what? This one, I I have to tell you. Um, I'm, I'm inspired on a regular basis by my colleagues. Okay. Uh, and, and yes, I can think of one. I think my very first unit supervisor uh, really kind of set the, the, the bar for me. He, he was just 
It was an emissions unit. The thing was ran so tightly. Uh, but we, we, we worked as a team in, a, in an amazingly close way. I think that's one of the things about this field that you may not experience. Yeah, you got office mates wherever you work. I got, I got, I got people I work shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And we, we become very close and very tight. It's, it's, again, this kind of a, I was in the military, this kind of a military parallel in that relationship that we have. So, with how cohesive you have to be. How cohesive we have to be. And, and, and absolutely, I would, I would say if there's one person that came right to mind, it was my, it was my unit supervisor when I first came here. But, but by and large, just tremendous uh, uh, doctors and nurses and social workers, rehabilitation therapists, other psychiatric technicians that I work with, just a, just a, a whole host of, of people that do tremendous work and inspire me. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I, I am going to, uh, I'm going to give a, an example of somebody who, who uh, inspired me, and that was uh, a psych tech that I worked with um, when I first started in this field. Um, I'm an RN, uh, and I worked in the community uh, med surge uh, before I, I came to a uh, became to a came to a forensic psych setting. Um, and this this guy, um, Abe Gomez, Abe Gomez, he called himself Psych Tech to the Stars, and I he is he has passed on. Uh, to uh, he has passed on to a spectral plane um, of existence. Um, I hope he's in heaven, smiling down on this podcast. Abe, give you a shout out, baby. Um, good, good dude, solid dude. Had um, had a, an ability, an uncanny ability to connect with patients like I I just never seen since. And uh, and so uh, yeah, Abe, Abe Gomez now uh, in heaven, psych tech to the stars. Um, yeah. But uh, but uh, he he was able to um, show me step by step how to how to approach how to greet how to interact with some, with these guys who have who a lot of whom come from a, a a culture that that a lot of us are not familiar with they are very street um, they there is a level of of respect that must be considered. Um, uh, and, and when you're interacting with uh, with some of these some of these guys, um, there are nuances that you just don't get without the experience. And and so um, having been schooled on what the patients will look for from you to show that you're a stand-up guy, to show that you you know the rules, um, and and you and you know that you expect people to follow the rules. Uh, things like that sound simple when you say them, but implementing them to to uh, adults um, who may have a different opinion about what rules should be than you is much more challenging than it sounds. Mm-hmm. So um, that was somebody that inspired me. That's that's my that's my rant. Okay, colleagues, shifting gears. Can you think of a colleague that scared you? Yeah, I I I, I can think of of some. Um, I, I'm, I'm not. They didn't scare me. I, you know, physically, I wasn't afraid of it. Okay, in that regard, attitudes there, or whatever. But but I, I uh, yeah, there's 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 somebody does flash that um, I I was afraid of them. Okay. Um, I I just thought it was somebody, frankly, that um, their confidence and their own abilities. Uh, what do they say? They're 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 they're, they're 
ineptitude or something? Or? No. Well, no, but their, their ego is writing checks that their ass ah. might not be able to cover. Beautifully put. Beautifully put. And, and so I, I have seen times when people just have, have disregarded rules that are in place for safety and, and somehow made a decision that they, they were the unique um, 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 exception to those rules, that they were able to deal with patients in settings that were just uh, not safe. Okay. Um, when I talk about that, I'm talking about people that will, that will isolate themselves with patients uh, in, in areas, um, a courtyard by themselves. You walk into the area and you go, what are they, what are they doing back there? That's, that's, yeah, that's just a bad idea. And, and they weren't doing anything inappropriate. Yeah. Not when yeah. I'm applying. I'm just saying that this was not a safe environment to be in. This is, this is clearly something that we we discouraged because you're, and, and, and they make the decision that they, they, they understand the patients well enough to know that this patient isn't a danger, that this circumstance is, is, the circumstance is safe. Just decisions that are, that, are, that are irrational. And the reality is that their safety affects our safety. Absolutely. Because if, if they make a judgment, an error, an error in judgment, and it, it proves um, it proves detrimental, uh, it, 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 we are obliged to go and, and render aid. And 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 so um, don't don't let your bad don't let your 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 bad judgments affect my ability to go home and watch. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we cover each other, and that means when you make a bad mistake, uh, you're putting me at risk to go in yeah. there and, and, and pull you out of it. And that's part of that shoulder to shoulder working together comment you made earlier. We are really in the thick of it, seriously, and um, that's that's a hard to convey to folks who don't work in this environment. Um, the the intensity. Uh, uh, if you don't work in this environment, you, the, the context is is lost because it's an intensity you can't appreciate it. You're smiling about something. We're, what is we're, it? We're a big happy dysfunctional family. That's we, right. We fight like cats and dogs sometimes, but when the, when when the shit hits the fan, we we cover each other's backs very very uh, carefully and cohesively and effectively. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let's see. Hey, what surprised you most? When you started working in this field, I think I think what surprised me kind of the most is you ha- you set certain expectations about your your um, relationships, your ability to relate to people, that the the how how effective you are interpersonally with people. I think I I I just always said. In the training, all of this, when you unleash me, I'm just going to be working with with men, and 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 I, you know, I'll, I'll I'm listening. I'll be able to I'll be able to um, be effective in most circumstances. Okay. And then you get in there and you find out just how ill some of our patients are. And despite all of your 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 training, your best efforts, your and your personal skills, that there's nothing you can do. Whether it's somebody that's violent, that there's just nothing that you seem to be able to say or do. I always thought I could talk myself out of violent situations. Um, I always thought that at some level I'd always be able to touch somebody. At some yeah. level, and and, and and it's disappointing, but they're just so profoundly ill. When you when a person reaches reaches a level of disorganization in their mind, 
they they might have a hard time distinguishing you, Paul, sitting there with that shirt that's awesome, um, uh, from uh, from from a from a hallucination that's sitting there with a, with a shirt on like that. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah. Or, or they just have never you know we have normal most most of us would you know grow up with a a, a fairly normal um, um, upbringing and, and existence and. And some of them never develop that ability to trust. Some of, some of them never develop that ability, that ability to bond. Yeah. None of them, it's just not there. And, and I kind of overlaid my expectations on, on, on the rest of the world. And this is an exceptional place with some, some like I said, some, some pretty, pretty profoundly sick men. So because, you, because you've got a normal pro-social set of experiences, you are, you're unprepared for, for an environment where there, there people are people are not pro-social, and uh, and the, their their experiences are, are are way different. And that's almost one of the first things that you throw out of the window. I think when you come here is I remember thinking, oh, if I was in a place like this, I would do A and B and C so I could get myself out of here. And then you're almost stunned when they're not they don't even understand why you would do A, B, and C, and and you Before, just have to recalibrate your entire expectation of other human beings. So if A, B, or C were, full, say, for example, programming and, 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 and following rules, it, it may, it, it, you, you, you get here and, and, and it's not pro-social and you, and you can see why people um, don't want to rock the boat because there, there could be consequences if you're a patient and you rock the boat. Uh, that, is that what you, kind of what you're saying or something different? That or, or just the notion that, well, frankly, that this is an acceptable living in a, in a maximum security institutional setting is okay. That is that is that is that is good enough. Oh, okay, because because okay because I've been disorganized a lot of my life and I have been I have been um, living as best I can um, and that means living on the streets and and so coming here and, and having three hots and a cot is a step up from that. Or I even I even try to, if you will, describe to you uh, a, a life that that is potential that you would get some kind of a vocational training and have an ability to to provide for yourself, and you can't even you can't even fathom that that has never been in your not even beyond wildest imagination. It's not even been introduced to you. Not in your wheelhouse. Not in your wheelhouse, and 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 you just struggle with. It's, it's one step removed okay. from an ability to do it. They can't even comprehend yeah. the notion yeah. of the person. Now that you mention that, that's funny because there was, thinking back, there was, uh, you notice some, some patients when they discover that they'll, they'll go back into some sort of community setting and that they'll have access to SSI, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where things. That's 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 kind of the the. Uh, that's where things. Um, how can I put this? They've arrived. They don't need to try Yeah. Harder. Well, but that they, but yeah, they've kind of gotten there, and that's good. And that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they've reached the promised land. And and they so don't. You and I, if we were dependent on 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 Social Security or SSI. You'd, you'd feel like you're at the bottom and you need that. You just get got to hustle. Hey, well, hey, watch out. We, we, we make it to retirement age. We're going to be yeah. relying on, S, uh, on, uh, on Social Security. Uh, so. but yes, that's essentially it, that, 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 that your expectations and their expectations, your, um, your, per, your, your, your unique worldview and their unique worldview don't line up. So if you can't, so taking that statement, if you're talking to somebody brand new just entering the field, would it be fair to tell them, 
hey, recalibrate your expectations for patients that you're working with because they're not going to line up. They've got a there's a, there's a big gap in, in their in their history of experiences and, and frames of reference and your history of, of experiences and frames of reference. Yeah, and, and, and just have an open mind, like any other field. Yeah, you, frankly, you does so much. I joke. It takes a year to figure out what the paperwork is hidden around this place. But I have to operate in this environment. Uh-huh. Find a good mentor. Find somebody that you that you that you trust and that you um and 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 latch onto them. Ask them questions. Ask everybody questions. I like to believe that I have no original ideas. Any good practice I have, I've stolen from somebody else. <laughs> and I, I say that proudly because yeah. I work with good people. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, have an open mind and 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 yeah lay aside your, your preconceived notions. Yeah, you really have to have somebody mentor you to 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 advance rap to to um to get to get um to get a skill set to get competent rapidly enough. You really have to have a mentor um to get competent rapidly um because everything is so nuanced. Um when I when I worked in the community set when I worked in the community setting uh, doing med surge nursing it was totally different. It was it, it was um, kind of task oriented. One task to the next to the next to the next, and then the, and then you're good. It's time to go get another IV started and, and go from one task task to the next. Here you have to. I noticed you have to slow every interaction way down, almost in slow motion, and every com- every little piece of conversation you kind of have to dissect. How is this patient's face? What what is his affect? Um, what's his body posture like? How is his stance? What are the words coming out of his mouth telling me? Um, you know, all those things that we get trained over time to pay attention to, you learn faster from a mentor. Yeah, and and, and little secret, they don't have to know that they're your mentor, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you, you'll see people that that operate effectively in this environment. Observe them when they're when they're interacting with the patient. Pay special attention. Yeah. Um, try to try to see what it is that they're doing and why they seem to be effective, and then we emulate them. Attempt to attempt what they tried, okay. may fail, but uh, and, and it never it never ceases. A dozen years later, I I am honestly learning new things every day about yeah. this field. It's just a, it's no end to it. Yeah, and so That's don't fair. don't think you know it all because you graduated from the school. So yeah, you, just, you know a lot. Just you know. just when you think you got one thing down. There's some new data that shows up. Hey, we should be doing things a little bit differently, and so we've got to learn how to do things a little bit differently. Well, now. you just stumble almost sometimes upon a technique or something. You just tried something because you heard about it, or it just crossed your mind, and that worked. That's effective, and and and, and, it, and it's or, or or there's just so many people inside of a hospital that uh, we we have the distinct advantage of working uh, on a daily basis with so many of the staff, and we are in. Yeah active conversation, so I'll learn things from them that I had never heard before. And, and from people that surprise you, right? You, yeah. can, you can learn so much from people that you work around. It's surprising you. Yeah. yeah. Everybody has something valuable to add. You just need to find it. Bingo. Bingo. Yep. Absolutely. Aside from appreciating, uh, aside from appreciating all of your insights and sharing your experience, uh, Paul, I want to I want to thank you for being patient with the with the inter, with the interviewer <laughs> this is this is fun I, I i think you're onto something here okay how does next question how does uh how does the work that you do benefit society um 
Okay. I think I think that in some ways uh, philosophically is, is what gets you going every some morning. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, uh, if it was just a matter of a paycheck, some days it's not worth it. <laughs> so you got to have that greater good argument. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah, absolutely. You got to have the greater good argument. And I think and I think it, it really there. Frankly, when you meet some of the patients and you find out some of the things that they've done, um, you're very grateful that there's somebody like us inside ensuring that they're that they're safe and and they're and they're being treated and that they're not in their current state in the community. Yeah. We we yeah. serve the the residents of California um um at a great means, great manner, by by working again with some of the most challenging, some of the most uh, dangerous um uh, people that that, that, that that and and mentally ill. And then, of course, the greater good is, of course, the 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 the, the men we treat in most cases, but for the mental illness that they have, they, they wouldn't be where they are. Yeah. Um, there's certainly there's a there's a component of it that's criminal and in nature, and then and yet you accept that, but the mental illness is profound, and we're we're serving them. Yeah. We that's that's part of people and a lot of other. Uh, uh, settings, yeah, they they yeah. would not they would they would not be cared for. Yeah, we're we're I guess so we can be grateful that we have the resources, um, the infrastructure, um, the will to to take care of people um, that need need taken care of, um, treat them treat them uh, you know humanely and um, in, in a forward thinking way. Um, we're not static. Um, we are actively trying to make to make our pro, our proce- processes better, if that makes sense, so that the treatment they receive is better, so that they can get the most out of their life. Yeah, and and uh, somebody said uh, along the way that you know the way you, the way you treat the least among us is the way you you treated me. And somebody did say that, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, you're right. And, and I believe that. I believe yeah. that there's. I think there's greater reward in, 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 in serving um, our population, even though they're not the grateful ones in a lot of cases. Um, there's, 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 there's true human value in, in providing the service that we provide. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta look to that at some points. You've got to look to the greater, to greater good and what you're, what you're doing. Yeah. Um, because sometimes on a day-to-day basis, it's not worth it. Okay, Paul, thanks for, thanks for mentioning that because that's, that's powerful. Um, that, that's very powerful because, yeah, some days when things are going rough, um, we need something beyond ourselves to shoot for. So, yeah, okay, good point. Um, and I hope society writ large um, eventually can 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 um, be better educated about the work that happens in forensic psychology so that they go, hey, you know what? <laughs> you guys get recognized too now. Bam. Yeah, absolutely. That would, wouldn't that feel good? And there's so many people that need, uh, need, need this kind of assistance in this world. Ah, ooh, here we go. This is a good one. You ready for this one? Okay, fire away. How, how has your profession changed your private life? Oh. Um, and I can get this started if you want, because sure. I know I got an idea how it changed mine. Um, um, as I mentioned before, um, I, I didn't come from a nursing background. I got into a nursing background. Um, the, ner- the, 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 they, there is so much education um, that we are con- continuously provided with. Um, whether we can process and digest it all or not is another matter. 
but 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 we get provided with tons of education and we learn how to deal with people um, before I did not have the acumen interpersonal relationships and dealing with people that I have now thanks to everything that, that I was exposed to um, there's a there's an author that, that we've both been exposed to um, the, the guy that wrote what everybody is saying and one of the points he makes is if you try and talk to your family the same way you speak to people uh, that are your colleagues, you, you, this is not going to work for you. And and lo and behold, that is an accurate statement. And so you take I, I took I took something as simple as that and and started started making adjustments. And those adjustments have paid off in dividends in in with with, with the way I deal with family members. So that's kind of. That's kind of how the first thing that I can think of is that's that's kind of how it's affected my personal life, um, and that's yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, you're right. There is a, 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 a kind of a humorous but dangerous way we we do tend to kind of walk around um, um, diagnosing our friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> we don't tell them what we yeah, come up yeah. with, but yeah, there there is that. That is certainly true. You look at everything through kind of that lens after a while, and 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 uh, yeah. Um, I think there's been both positive and negative. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't mention there, there's a level of stress, there's a level of anxiety that I think that you learn to deal with, and and sometimes that can have negative um, effects. I, I, I mentioned, you know, occasionally having a bad nightmare. I think that yeah. uh, I think there's a certain level of isolation. Perhaps I was a little, I was a little more in the in, in public to talk to anybody. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna judge you a little more before I make a decision about interacting with strangers. Things like that. Maybe it's healthy. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, that, detrimental. That, I'm not sure. That's interesting. That's interesting. You're, it's 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 just being um, exercising a little. Sounds like it's just exercising a little more caution. A little more caution. A little more vigilance. I think I probably have. Again, to have both pick up both ways. Yeah. Um, well, the the caution, the caution and vigilance, um, sometimes is not a bad thing. Um, whether you're talking with somebody who is a forensic psychiatric patient or whether you're talking to um, somebody that you're buying a car from or whether you're talking right. to, to somebody, I don't know who else, uh, I don't know, your own physician. I don't know, Absolutely. Absolutely. You, 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 make, you make decisions on, on people's job, um, rightly or wrongly, character and motives and, 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 and maybe in ways you, I wouldn't, you wouldn't have before. Um, after dealing with, with so many personality disorders and, and mental illnesses. That's just kind of one of the things. The, the, the isolation is a little bit, like I said, you got to be careful about that. We're all subject to it. Okay, um, yeah. I think, I think the other side, in a positive, you know, I, I, I've always been interested in learning about um, lots of things, and certainly I had, I had said nobody ever talked to me about going into this field. I do know in, in junior college and in college, I, I, I enjoy taking the psychology and the sociology and the anthropology, the, the people classes, yeah. the classes about people. And, and, and this has just so much more fully exposed me to that side of humanity or, or of life. The yeah. humanity side, the humanities side of life has, has been pretty significant. And I believe that's an important, uh, uh, a part of, uh, our overall education and well-being is. That's a good observation because you're right. I, I remember in college being drawn to 
the, the things, the the the, the yeah, the human-based sciences, yeah. and 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 having an easier time with that. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm curious if you, in your educational background, found yourself gravitating towards that stuff, and and maybe being and maybe maybe having it uh, flow a little more smoothly for for you than than say your your calculus class or your statistics class. <laughs> Yeah, and and here's a here's a clue for you. I hate to I hate to tell you this. In this day and age, um, maybe I'm wrong. It's just been my experience. Unless you plan on on going all the way to your doctorate degree or at least through your master's degree, in some of these courses, if you don't want, unless you're going to be a social worker, minimum, you know, going into behavioral health, getting a bachelor's degree in psychology. That and 250 will get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's really, really, yeah. it's, it's all or nothing. You go for the doctors or you don't. Yeah. So yeah. This is kind of an interesting field. You, you, and, and frankly, a, a year's time, you can get a, a, a reasonable pay and an interesting job and an actual career and a profession. It's, it's not to be um, uh, not to be overlooked because be overlooked. It, it, it's a, sometimes I, I sometimes call this field a diamond in the rough because not everybody's been so many so few people have been exposed to it absolutely and and so yeah I think that's a fair fair way to 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 look at it hey I want to ask you one thing before we move on you had brought up the 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 notion of being isolated just a second ago mm-hmm. and I was thinking well man if I'm listening to this podcast. And I'm feeling isolated right now. What what can I do? To, what can I do about it? What's what what is one thing I can I can I can do in the next 15 minutes, in the next hour when I get done with my when I get done with work today, when I when I get up in the morning before I go to work? What's something I can do to feel less isolated? Okay, the answer well, the answer isn't uh, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, go on. Uh, and that's that in my mind is is not a substitute for actual human contact. Absolutely, absolutely. There is. There, you're absolutely right. That doesn't. That is a different form of communication. That's just varying degrees of a telephone call. Yeah. The, 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 the human, human contact means means interacting. Means FaceTime. Absolutely. And 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 the answer, you know, is is the old-fashioned things. We live in a we live in a in a great little community here. Um, there's uh, it's the summertime. There are, uh, the weekend. There's all sorts of activities in the parks and in the recreational centers uh, uh, um, um, go listen to a concert go to go out to um, a theater we have great theaters in this region go um, get out of the house and go find people and do something with them yeah and be and be be friendly and be open and a- absolutely I was I was going to tell you I, I was listening to um, a, a podcast with a couple of authors, published authors, talked last night about this. One of them had had a, a background. Uh, they've got a they've got a background of dealing with um, PTSD and some of the things that they were they were talking about. Some of the things they were doing to combat that. But um, but the uh, this notion of isolation came up, and it's it's a it's a the in the context of you know everybody feels that as, as a part of depression. Or it's or it, it also impacts everybody's life now because of, of societal changes and we're just more prone to being isolated than we were generations ago. So they one of the things that they mentioned was hey um, sign up for, for for activity group activities things that happen um, if there's a lake see if there are people that row there go go there if there's a hiking group there's always hiking groups go go find a hiking group go join them. 
Um, people aren't aware, and in almost every community in our in our country, our community colleges, community colleges, not all of the courses are, are, are courses. Are community courses. You can go in there and learn to play guitar. You can go in there and learn to paint. You can go in there and learn to do pottery. You can go in there and study archaeology at a, at, a, at, a, at a non-academic level. You can go pursue a whole variety of interests you may not even be aware of. So, so don't overlook that. But that is a great idea. I didn't even thought about that. Yeah. And lastly, I would say, you know, if, you, if it's been a while, it's easier to isolate. That's why we do it, because it's sometimes scary to, I don't know why we end up isolating in that way. But overcome that and go back and think about the things that you used to like to do, the things perhaps that you stopped doing. If it's playing golf or if it's uh, uh, involved in the other hobbies that you had, go back to those. And, and I will o offer a word of caution now that you mentioned that. If there are things that you used to like to do, golfing or surfing or mountain biking, and you don't like to do, do them anymore, that should be a red flag. A anhedonia is something that happens when people are experiencing depression, and you've got to look into that. Take care of yourself. We do not take, we do not do, we as care providers across the board do not do a good enough job of taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we've got to, we've got to look out for ourselves because you're not going to do a good job of taking care of somebody else if you're, if you're feeling bad. And I think there's something else to consider too, especially in a field like ours. Um, we view ourselves as caregivers. We're providers of mental health treatments. Um, it is hard for us to be the patients. We, we, we see that as weakness, I think, sometimes. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's important to recognize that, that you you may need assistance from a professional. And it's not because you're sick or ill or anything else. It's because they know how what kind of things get you out of these ruts. They have seen this a hundred times and have actual real suggestions and, 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 and solutions for the things that may be body. Don't be afraid. Go talk to somebody. Yeah. It's okay. There's... There, it, for those of us that work in the mental health field, there should be no stigma. The, the, the shame that we mentioned earlier, we know this, there, should, there should be no stigma. This is disease process okay. stuff. There should be no stigma. Go and utilize the care that is out there available to you that's paid for by insurance if you're lucky enough to have insurance. Yeah, yeah don't be stigmatized. Don't be stupid. Okay. Go get help. Bam, bam. One last question. This is just for fun. This has been a great interview, Paul. I want to thank you for it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It was great. You're on to something here, Tom. Good. So, last question. Not serious, but important. Absolutely. Okay. Which, 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 okay. From your perspective, Star Wars or Star Trek? Which is, which is more important, which is better, which is more impactful? Oh, come on. It's not even a, not even a, not even a contest. It's clearly Star Trek. So, since for, so, because you can't see it, Paul is sitting down. And he's got a Star Trek mug that he's emptied the coffee coffee out of. I hadn't even noticed that. I didn't even realize that. You are right. So what? Why? In 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 just a few just a, just a, in less than sixty seconds. Why is why is Star Trek more important, more impactful? I, I would like to say that is a coincidence. I am nobody by no means a Trekkie. Trekkies. <laughs> I, I I actually have a a, a real life. Um, I I think because. Um, Star Trek is more science-based. I'm at my heart the technology. I was always intrigued by the, the 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 ray guns and the transporters and the shuttle crafts and the hyper travel and and the science side of it. 
Okay. Well, that other stuff, it's, I don't know, it's fantasy. It's, it's, it's make-believe. It's, 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 it's Santa Claus. I don't know what to say. All right, cool. Yeah. Cool. Paul, thanks again. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm happy. Good. I'm happy to help. Awesome. All right, listeners, thank you for uh, listening to our very first uh, episode of Forensic Psych Podcast. Um, stay tuned for our next installation. Take care.